some of us wish we would never see these days, but we are seeing them. So we have to do something. President-elect, I'm so sorry that you had to come in during this time. I really wish you could just have won your election within a good time, but we trust you, the American people trust you, unions trust you, working people trust you, and Vice President Harris, I just, I, I just hope all of this could just work out in our favor. But we trust you and Hopefully, we can all come to some type of conclusion. You want to go outside? Well, let me, uh, let me start by saying I'm going to be completely blunt with you, frank, about what's available, what's not, what should be, and what shouldn't be. And um, to state the obvious, I'm, uh, my ability to get you help immediately uh, does not exist. I'm not even in office for another 50 days. And then I have to get legislation passed through the United States Congress to get things done. And they're going to fight you but on every end on that. I out what I want to do. But let me tell you what I think should be done in the meantime. Number one, um, there is what they call this lame duck session, a fancy word for saying the administration has changed, the Congress has changed, but the people who were there the past two years remain there until January 21st when I would take office after being sworn in on January 20th. There's been an attempt to be able to provide for help in the meantime. One of my greatest concerns has been the failure to deal with COVID to begin with. Had we taken the action we should have taken back in late January, February, March, and April to deal with the disease, the disease, which the president said would go away, just like it will go away by Easter. It will, the hot weather comes, it'll be, be gone. Don't worry about it. It's about, it's going to be like a miracle. It's going to go away. None of that was true uh, to begin with. And it was all designed, in my view, to make sure that it didn't spook the stock market which doesn't affect a lot of you unless you have a 401k and even then it doesn't exactly. that much. Um, and uh, so we didn't do the things that had to be done in order to be able to protect people's lives and to dampen down, flatten out this curve and begin to make real progress on getting rid of the disease. At the bottom rung, that still is the single most consequential thing that has to be done. We could provide all the aid in the world and your restaurants aren't going to be good and open unless people decide they're all going to show up anyway and get COVID if they're in close proximity to one another. And, uh, um, and the states are not going to be able to fund the school crossing guards, which are essential workers and the teachers and the first responders, the cops, the firefighters the EMTs, et cetera, because they have to balance their budgets. The cities have to balance their budgets. And the good, smart thing about our founders, although it was over 200 years ago, that's why they allowed the federal government to deficit spend. That is, in moments of crisis, to be able to spend money on the come so that, in fact, we could get the economy moving again, which has happened in every great recession that we've had. And so, but what happened is that we're now in a situation where the Congress and these CARES Acts that they passed, they passed a couple trillion dollars worth of help. And one of the big problems was that help went to 
a lot of people who didn't need the help. The PPP and the PPE, the equipment, went to places that were doing pretty well. They didn't go to the people who badly needed it early on. Some of it did, but not nearly what it should have. And I think your experience, Dan, was that first time you went for the PP loan, PPP loan, uh, you went to a major bank and they decided they weren't going to fund it, um, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you, you may remember, because you seem to be attuned with what's going on in the news, I argued that that was going to happen because the big banks, even though they weren't liable for any of this money, they were getting it. We bailed them out in the past, you know, they were being hell harmless. It was too much trouble to take the time to lend. They'd ask you, do you have a credit card with us? Do you have an account with us? Have you borrowed with us before? Or do you have a system? And by the time you get answers to all that, the answer is basically no, we're right. not going to lend to you and right. you're in trouble. You're already behind the eight ball. And so first point of this is that I think that Congress, they're trying like the devil. There was a bipartisan effort. It's been happening now time and again, a bipartisan effort that came forward uh, about uh, three, four or five days ago that called for instead of the uh, the uh, $1.6 trillion that the House thought, I think is 1.6, Cecilia, I can't remember the exact number, uh, in, the, uh, in, in, in the new bill that they passed, new, back in May they passed it. Um, and uh, it was, they just finally decided, they negotiated something for about 900 billion. Wouldn't be the answer, but it'd bring immediate help for a lot of things quickly. And um, but what happened was the president said he wouldn't support it. And apparently uh, um, Republicans in the Congress said, the, House, the Senate said they wouldn't support it. So it's now back to square one again. And what our friends seem to be focusing most on is liability uh, um, uh, guaranteed. There's no liability for businesses if, in fact, they open anything happens. I mean, it's a, and anyway, it's a long story, but here's the deal. One of the things that we think should happen and continue is that no one should be evicted from their apartment or their home for being able to fail to be able to pay their rent and or their mortgage until this crisis is over and it yes. should be funded that should be held up now you can't deny the uh, uh the apartment owner he doesn't he or she's not have just pockets that are so deep they can afford to pay everything and not have anything so it was supposed to be paid for paid for not to be not alone to be paid for in a crisis this is a national crisis this is a national crisis that we're facing and it affects the entire economy. So the first thing is rent and uh, and just your housing, your basic housing. Are you able to maintain without being worried you're gonna be getting notice you're thrown out in the street? Number two, and if you're fortunate enough to own your home, that's a different thing, or own your condominium, that's a different thing. Second thing is that there was a proposal we put forward that suggested that already over 10 million people have lost their health insurance because their businesses went out of business. Right. So they don't, they, they can't afford 
the business can't pay anybody. The business is out of business, so it, it, it's, it's basically bankrupt. So they're not—they—they're not able to participate in in paying for that. And so what? There, there's a, a there's a lot of wonky uh, language, but there was a proposal that said that we would, in fact, the federal government pay the share that the business used to pay for the employee so they could keep that health insurance policy they had um, and until things got better. Thirdly, we uh, find that the president is in, still in court trying to strip away all of health care from the Affordable Care Act. Just not eliminate it all, get rid of it all. It's deadly wrong. I think not only should we keep it, we should be adding to it, providing for a public option, a Medicare option. If you choose that, if you can't afford to buy in, then you're in a situation where you get Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, if you're eligible for Medicaid and your state doesn't provide it, you get it for free, uh, period. Um, uh, and uh, so what, there's two ways to deal with health care. One is to supplement the businesses that are going out of business or can't afford to keep their health insurance for their employees. And secondly, to make sure we make it a lot easier to buy into uh, the Affordable Health Care Act and get more coverage with a lot cheaper with drug prices coming down substantially, as well as making sure that there's a Medicaid option, a Medicare option, like option in the health care plan. That's my object. That's what I ran on. That's what I, the, one of the reasons I think I got the nomination. And so that's going to be one of my first efforts as well when I get elected. It's not going to happen between now and then. Third thing that it seems to me is the unemployment with the $600 kick-in is really important. Huh? It's the thing that allows people to stay above water, give some sense of security. Yeah, it's not like out. there's a lot of jobs you're going to go to. Like, oh, you're sitting home being lazy. Well, where the hell, where the heck are you going to go and get a job? <laughs> Every one of you, if there were another job out there that could pay you something, you'd be out applying for it. Oh, okay. But it, it just, it just makes no sense. But it's, it's a, some of our very conservative friends are, think that, uh, you know, uh, the same people who think you should have to, if you need what used to be called food stamps, uh, you should have to work to be able to do public. I mean, come on, this is... We're, we're, we're way beyond that. And so there's a number of things that could be done. And in terms of being able to open your restaurants, first of all, I, uh, my deceased wife's father was a restaurateur. After World War II, he came home and became a very successful restaurateur. And he, uh, I watched how hard he worked, and that made me realize I never want to be in the restaurant business. You think I'm joking. You guys have to, you, men and women have to love it. It is a god-awful thing, especially if you have a 24-hour diner like my grandfather, like my father-in-law had, plus uh, making sure that all those folks who are, had the contracts to serve the universities and their food systems, what's happened to them now? They're all in trouble as well. There's nothing, you know, they're, 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 there's nothing there there because these universities are shutting down and they're go all going virtual. So we've got to provide for you the ability to open and open safely. And there's ways to do that, and it should not be a loan, it should be a guarantee. Right. You should be in a position where you can have all that ventilation change, all of the 
all, all, all the uh, um, the dividers put up, all the social distancing that you need, and make sure that you are your your staff is safe as well, both indoors and out. But it costs a lot of money to do that, and you should be able to get that money to be able to stay open because it affects the ability of the economy to continue to grow. What people don't realize is putting this money into the economy generates economic growth. It's not just you you, you, you have a debt, you, you do, but it generates so much growth. When your restaurant employee is able to go out and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, buy a used car, you go out and make sure they can, uh, um, you know, get their first apartment, make sure they can go out and, and, and you know, purchase, uh, you know, new clothing. It all relates to everybody else does better. So that's why, for example, with my proposal, I know I'm, you know, every my Republican friends, everybody's a big spending Democrat. Well, the point is that even the Wall Street types like Moody's point out that my proposal would create 18.6 million new jobs, good paying jobs, and would increase the economy by a trillion dollars, economic growth. So we, what's happening though is there's, and the, the big thing for Lori and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and state workers is, one of the most important things we have to do is we have to deal with giving state and local governments assistance. You may remember, all but one of you are old enough to remember, when we had the Great Recession in 2008, Eight, that yeah. we, Barack and I inherited, inherited from the last administration. It was the most significant recession in the history of the United States, short of a depression. Yeah. And what happened was we went out and the president put me in charge of spending. We were able to convince three Republicans to change their votes. And we passed a bill that was, it turned out to be $84 billion. The American Recovery Act. 18 months to keep the economy from crashing. Yeah. It kept us from out of the depression. And by the way, even the conservative think tanks pointed out of less than two-tenths of one percent waste or fraud. Think tanks. I handle that on a daily basis every single day. I talked to over 165 mayors. I talked to every governor but one on a constant basis about how they could spend the money. And what happened was it generated economic growth. People came back. Well, that was federal money. And out of that federal money, $147 billion I was able to give to the states and the cities who showed they had a need because they're laying off permanently their teachers, their firefighters, their law enforcement officers, their first responders, shutting down regional uh, uh, local mental health clinics, shutting down small hospitals. And that all relates to people's health, safety, and well-being. And in, in, in the process, uh, I guess the point is, the full Congress should come together and pass a robust package of relief to address your urgent needs now. And that means extending unemployment insurance for Lori and Jessica and Karen and the millions of Americans who, like them, who've lost their jobs and, or ours through no fault of their own. And uh, that's going to help you put food on the table and pay the bills. We've got to make sure businesses like yours, Dan, have the resources they need in addition to the guidance and health and safety standards to open safely, to open safely. And that, that will help businesses stay open, 
hire workers and like all of you. Thirdly, we have to provide states and cities the funding so workers like Lori can go back to work as a job as a school crossing guard, keeping children safe. And we have to make sure that people, fourthly, people can't get evicted from their homes because they can't pay their rent or their mortgage payment during the pandemic. This, is, this isn't a political game. This impacts on people's real lives and families. It impacts on all of you, all of us. And we need to get help out the door as soon as we can. And Americans like you, we need, need relief now. So I've been urging our congressional Republicans to work on a bipartisan emergency package now. But any package passed in this so-called lame duck says be now on January 21st, at best is only gonna be a down payment on what's gonna happen early next year. My transition team is already working on what I will put forward in the next Congress to address the multiple crises we're facing, especially the economic crisis and COVID. Come January, Vice President-elect and I are going to fight every day for your families. That's my commitment. And one of the things we don't talk about is there is a profound increase, as you all know, in depression, a profound increase, quite frankly, in suicide rates, a profound increase in increased drug abuse use, a profound increase in, uh, in uh, um, quite frankly, uh, abuse against women and children in households. Um, and uh, so there's an awful lot of people, including our doctors and nurses, who need additional mental assistance. The doctors and nurses talking to me are telling me how many of them, when, they, when they're in that, in that, uh, that op- when they're in operating room or they're, you know, or, uh, you know, critical care nurses, how many times can they hold the hand of a person who's dying and hold their hand and know, and know that, that that woman or man can't even talk to, can't see. They made hope of phone. Yeah. Their son, their daughter, their husband. That's their hard, wife, man. Their child. That's hard. I mean, it's a, it's one of those things that is profoundly, profoundly destabilizing. And so there's a lot we have to do keep just people, keep them up. Now, the only good, not the only one of the good news pieces here is, and it really is, is that, uh, um, as you probably have been reading, I early on put together a, uh, a COVID task force of this most significant scientist in the area. I think the, how many we have on it still now? 23 members, something like that. And, uh, um, and these are the leading doctors in the world, happen to be in the United States. And there's two things that are first and foremost, getting the billions of dollars that are needed to get COVID under control, get the vaccine distributed, get it out quickly, and get it to the most urgent people most urgently needed. And that happens to be people who are in nursing homes because they're significantly high proportion of those are in the mortality side of things. The number of people who have died in nursing homes exceeds about anything else. You're going to have to get it to those doctors and nurses who, by the way, are losing their lives. Their lives. A lot of them. Not a joke. It's about those first responders driving those ambulances. 
making sure that they're showing up. It's about that fireman going into a burning vehicle and pulling somebody out, not asking, do you have COVID or don't you have COVID? I mean, we have to get there. And, and then to get to the school teachers and business, small businesses to be able to open. Because small business is the economic engine of the country. And restaurants are a major part of that small business, a major part of that small business. So, you know, I, 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 I just think that, uh, you know, Karen, I know this is, has a lot of emotional strain on yes. you and everybody else. Yes. And, uh, but imagine what it's like if you weren't even a member of a union. Mm. Oh, I love my union. No, I no, know. no but my, my, my point is, that's the last point I want to make. America is built by the working folks and middle class. Mm -hmm. And the unions built the middle class. And look at all the people who aren't represented, who don't have any.